Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Oh, what a Friday this is, man. We got we got news, we got topics, we got all kinds of fun stuff to discuss here. So glad you guys are with us on this Friday morning or whenever you're listening to this live streaming podcast two hours tampa bay centric sports best in the business thank you guys so much for joining us our numbers are growing each and every day but we uh, appreciate it when you share the show on your twitter please do that and uh, tell everybody what they're missing if they're they are missing the show we love having you guys aboard thanks so much we got to get to a lot of big topics today wander franco obviously suspended um I guess, I don't know what you call it, a suspension, a benching, whatever you want. Um, he did not play yesterday, and he's not going to play uh, today. And that is uh, a big, big problem. If people want to sh- uh, kind of shove this under the rug, um, you would be mistaken to do so. This is a major, major issue for the Rays. Uh, their future superstar um, has misbehaved <laughs> to put it kindly has misbehaved and he's pissed off a lot of his teammates um uh made a few calls this morning uh, not only to some folks that are uh maybe more privy to what's going on with the co- with the club but also some longtime uh folks involved in major league baseball and uh we'll have some interesting thoughts for you on all those things as we go through the show um let me set up the show for you today. Jeff Atanella is going to join us, former USF uh, goalie, going into their Hall of Fame, and we'll talk uh, with him about that and all things USF and all things soccer with the U.S. men's national team. Obviously, a lot of news there. The women's national team was just named, so we'll get into all kinds of things. Soccer, we'll talk Messi coming to Florida. Um, so we'll have some fun with Jeff at 1030, as we always do. Dave Benz, longtime voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, NBA insider, will join us at 1130 to talk a little uh, NBA draft from last night. Not a whole lot of surprises, but um, we'll talk some magic. They got a couple of uh, top players in the uh, top 11, so we'll get to that. And Chris Lugo will join us from Bay Area Modern Medical Center. I spent the uh, afternoon with Chris yesterday doing my primary care checkup. So I f- I'm feeling, feeling I got, younger. I feel like I got a plan, a better plan uh, moving forward to, to deal with some of my issues. It probably doesn't involve five-hour energies and, and do-si-dos, down does it? No, no. He said the dosey dose uh, at two o'clock in the morning Throw them away. should probably not be part of my daily routine. But sometimes, you know, <laughs> you get up late in the middle of the night, a dosey dough with a little, you know, little jam on top doesn't doesn't hurt. A little peanut butter and jelly sandwich right there. Uh, so we'll get to all that as we uh, go through the day today. And of course, uh, Shane McClanahan. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't want to say injured, but that certainly is a concern. So we'll say good morning to you, Nick Edis. You've already had a morning, haven't you? I, I have had. Haven't a, you? I have. I just to get here today has mm-hmm. been a complete struggle. It's a miracle I'm on time. How many yeah. phone calls that I have to make to you today, telling you like I don't know if I'm going to make it or I'm cutting it close. You called me more today than you have in the last month. Legit, but yeah. but I made it on time, thankfully. Uh, you know, things forces out of my control, unfortunately. But we're here, and you know, the Rays also had a weird day yesterday. They did. And they it's did. clearly, I piggybacked off of that. But you just mentioned some of it. What a weird, weird day! 
dare then I you lose to the crappy Royals? Yeah, in the way they lost. Two leads on the way. Yeah, and dare yeah. I say this was the this has been the worst day of the of the Rays all year. Yeah. I think we saw it yesterday, from off the field to on the field. Yeah, and um, you know if you pitch this forward, what may happen? I mean, if if Wander Franco is not part of this team going forward, and I don't know what that looks like, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Shane McClanahan for some reason can't pitch because of back issues. I mean, <laughs> there goes your there goes your baseball team. I mean, I'm, uh, let's just be honest about that. Without those two guys, you're not doing squat. You're not. You're not. You're not doing anything. So um, it's a pretty big deal. All of this is a big deal. If you're a Rays fan, it is. You know, <laughs> we often say, "Don't push the panic button." Uh, push the panic button. <laughs> this is not good. None of this is good. And um, it's 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 sad because it's been such an incredible start for this team and everything is so promising. But in baseball, you know, you're so dependent on these guys that are just uber talented um, to make the difference that, you know, when you lose two guys like this, especially when you're the Rays. And of course, they haven't lost them yet. Just to be clear, uh, they haven't lost them yet. But, you know, we, we try to be a little forward thinking on this show, be a little bit more daring and talk about things that may or may not happen and. You know, we're usually pretty pretty much spot on, so um, we'll, we'll we'll delve into that today. Um, but let's start with Wander, if we can. And you know, about a month ago, three weeks ago, Mark Topkin wrote a a piece about Wander's behavior and how it has kind of been um, upsetting to a lot of the players on the team. And we told you at the time, kind of read between the lines here, if. The Rays are going to Mark Topkin and say, hey, we need to write an article about Wander Franco. Because trust me, I, you know, they, these aren't things, you know, Mark Topkin's not, you know, sniffing around saying, hey, what's going on with Wander? It's like, and there's quotes, there were quotes in that story, as we told you from Eric Neander. And I told you at the time that this is obviously a very public plea made by the organization to try and get Wander Franco to put some public pressure on him to be a better teammate. And clearly that did not work. That did not work. That was a that was a ploy by the organization to do so, and that did not work. So this is the second. This is not the first. This is the second intervention for Wander Franco, and um, well, I, and I would probably guess this is the third, um, if not more. I mean, the first one was everything kept private. Hey, man, you know you got to be a better teammate. Stop yelling. Stop getting into yelling matches with your teammates. Um, stop acting like a baby every time you strike out. Stop, you know, being immature. Stop being immature. You're a professional ball player now, and you have to comport yourself in a certain way. There are rules um, for everybody on this team, and that means you. And that's, to me, what, what I've been told is the biggest issue here, is that Wander Franco wants to do things the way Wander Franco wants to do them because he's a superstar. It, it, make no mistake about it, this, this is diva personality. This is what they're dealing with right now. And this is not, um, you know, this is this is something that you hope goes away with maturity. And I think it's also part and parcel of a organization that does not have a lot of elder statesmen and mentors within, um, certainly within the playing ranks. They do not. And clearly Wander is not listening to anybody in authority uh, vis-a-vis Kevin Cash, Eric Neander, um, and it's it's a problem. It's become a huge problem. When it gets to this point, folks, it is a huge problem. Don't fool yourself. Um, you know, some of the quotes that have come out, um, you know, I'll read them. This is from the Times article today. Um, 
This is from Kevin Cash. We're continue to uh, we're going to continue to support Wander as he works through this. I'm personally uh, going to this organization. Will the staff will? We know that he's a really good kid, and look forward to having him back. Uh, Yandy Diaz, who I would say is probably the most elder statesman on this team, uh, said, "Quote: He's a young player." It even happens to older guys. It's part of the game. I hope that when he comes back, it will be kind of something that's left in the past. Um, you know, and that's what that's what you hope to do. So, what exactly um, has he done? Uh, from the Topkin article, he said, "Quote: Several verbal altercations with teammates, including one with Randy Rosarena, May twenty third in the dugout. Um, not hustling on the bases or after balls in the field. We've seen this." We've seen this uh, most recently after an errant throw on Sunday in San Diego. That's just, it's inexcusable. You can't have that. You can't be, you can't be that emotional, immature on the baseball field. That's, that's, a, that's a non-starter. You've got to be more professional. Um, he continues writing here, being overly emotional and reacting to unsuccessful at-bats, such as slamming bats and throwing equipment in front of, and at times, endangering teammates, as he did after making an out on Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, is, this, is he the first kid to do this? No, he's not. But typically in Major League Baseball, you'll have mentors, um, older players that have been around that these guys look up to. And I'm not really sure there's somebody in this organization uh, that fits that bill for Wander right now. I think he sees most of the guys on his teammates as more contemporaries and not more of a father figure. I mean, I mean, not that this is a bad thing. But you know, I was talking to a, 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 a guy who's been in baseball for probably 35, 40 years. And I was, you know, he's been around Wander. He's been around the organization. And I said, what, you know, what's the, what's the, the feeling? Because, you know, people, baseball people love to talk. Baseball, <laughs> they get around the cage. There's a lot of idle time, all right? Guys are always talking. They're always talking. And, um, you know, and they're talking about Wander. And they've been talking about Wander for a while. Now, when you pull up at a Bentley and you've never even made it into the big leagues, um, you know, when you're, you, you, you carry yourself the way that Wander does, very confident, people, a lot of people would call it cocky, that's not well-received in baseball circles. But baseball is, is a very much a meritocracy uh, group. And Please, Mike Freeman, no, no, no columns. Um, it is, it, and that's the way it is. You have to earn your way. I, I would say most sports are that way. Baseball is certainly ho- – hockey is another one. You know, you've got to earn your stripes as you go up uh, uh, the ladder. You, you know, certain veteran players get to do certain things. You have to earn your way into that. Baseball is very much like that. And when you come into a clubhouse as a, as a, as a cocky young kid, and, you know, it can rub people the wrong way. And when you get into a, a locker room with a lot of young uh, cocky young kids that are, uh, you know, that are just enjoying the spoils of Major League Baseball for the first time, i.e., getting a lot of money. And of course, Wander has received a lot of money over the last few years. You know, things change. Things change, and you also, and baseball, I would have to say, is the most unique atmosphere in terms of its uh, constant uh, camaraderie. I mean, you are around your teammates a lot. You're talking about 200, 225 days of traveling being in the same locker room, uh, there's a lot of close contact. And chemistry is sometimes a very elusive thing 
in a baseball locker room. And it's not absolutely necessary. Barry Bonds was the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> and they won, they, won, they won a lot of games. They did a lot of good things. So it, it, it can, you can still win with, with, the, with the dick in the locker room. Uh, we've seen this in, in many, many places. But that being said, as the, the, key, the, the key piece, like your keystone to your future, Wander Franco, to have you know, your leader being this temperamental and, and immature is not a good thing. And this is not an easy solve when you're 22 years old. And I would say the biggest problem right now, and you hear them talking about verbal altercations with teammates. Well, I've been told that it's not just the teammates. It's, it's higher management. You can't really talk to Wander Franco uh, right now. He knows everything. It's, it's not a good situation. It is not a good situation. And I'm not sure that this benching is going to fix things. In fact, it might inflame things. So um, this is a huge, huge problem for this organization right now. They have put, they've staked their future on him in terms of the contract that they've given him. His talent is obvious. But, I, but somebody's going to have to tell him that whether it's the Rays or the New York Mets or the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Texas Rangers, the rules are the same across the league. You're not going to leave here and go be an asshole somewhere else and have them say, okay, that's fine. It's not, it doesn't work that way. So hopefully, Wander will, you know, will straighten up and figure it out. And it's not about, you know, it's not about power. It's not about control. It's about being part of a team. And in baseball, there are certain, you know, the old unwritten rules about baseball. Well, Wander Franco has violated a lot of these in the clubhouse, from what I'm told. And, you know, again, does this make him a bad person? Eh, You can decide that. Um, Does it make this an absolutely untenable situation? If he continues to act like this, it is. You you can't have a, a you know a one player not listening to authority, not listening, not getting along with his teammates. It just doesn't work in those close confines. It doesn't. And I don't. I think you know the sloppy play over the last what have we seen last week? The road trip. This you know I, I, coinciding with this. I don't think it's a coincidence whatsoever. And the Rays got a problem on their hands. It's a big freaking problem. If anybody wants to try to sweep it under the rug. I would say you're misguided. Yeah, yeah, and I saw a lot of people doing that. Like, oh, it's handled, it's this, it's over with, whatever. And it's No. I mean, he's 22 years old, so I'm trying not to go again. I try to give the benefit of the doubt when you're 20, 20 when you're quick. Were you maturity, stable, oh God, mature, no. stable when you were 22 years old? <laughs> and hand me, you know, and, five, six and, million dollars. Yeah, and then you're given a $200 million contract, the first in this franchise's history. Yeah. Not really, right? No. So I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt there, and I'm. But thinking, I don't want That shouldn't be an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. I'm just saying that I think we owe it. He's owed the time. I think to to see if this can be a teaching moment, but also keep in mind this seems like it's almost strike number two with the organization because remember when this article came out three weeks ago from Topkin, <clears throat> and all these people again that just were going after Topkin like, oh, this is a hit piece, and oh you, just, you just love to write negative things about the Rays, and why are you stirring up stuff? We're the best team in baseball. Because no. all these people, this is... I, I, I guarantee you. I saw I this yesterday. You, I don't know this for a fact, but I guarantee you the Rays went to Topkin to write that story. Yeah, and when you have a quote directly in there from Eric Neander, okay, like you mentioned that time, the Rays don't usually publicly put no. this stuff out there. No. Which is why when I saw the statement that Kevin Cash said yesterday, I'm like, oh... Kevin yeah. Cash said something. And Kevin Cash, I thought that was a well-worded statement. He didn't kill him, 
but he did just enough to get the point across. And clearly they wanted that out in the media or he wouldn't have said anything. Of course. There have been similar situations where I think this team has kept things very close to the vest, but they're putting it out there. And they put it out there three weeks ago. The whole fan base said that this was a hit piece and why are you being so negative? And that's a problem with this fan base, by the way. Listen, the Rays are the best team in baseball. I understand. They're not in foul. But please don't act like they're perfect. Right. And, or I cannot say anything. I can't be critical of anything. This is a problem I'm seeing right now. Yeah. You're, you're less of a fan, and you need, to, you need to relax and all this stuff. No, I can call out things when, they, when they're happening. But I can also praise the good things. I feel like what we do on this show. Absolutely. Right? And in this scenario, this is a big freaking deal. It's a huge How can you say it's not a big deal? And I go back to, you know, I'm looking for examples of recent years. If you remember, there was a 22-year-old shortstop in 2021. His name was Fernando Tatis Jr., Mm -hmm. right? Same kind of prospect level as as Wander Franco. Yeah. Play with that same kind of flair, right? Very Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. And do you remember, and I pulled it up this morning, do you remember this? The shouting match that he got into with Manny Machado in 2021 when things were going so well, and Machado was yelling at him in the dugout, it's not about you. You go play baseball. Right. You know, we're a team and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was Tatis's mentor there was Machado, who, if I recall, was a little bit of a headache when he came up as well in Baltimore, yes. and he had some teachers, and he learned. So that's really what you have to hope for, is that somebody in this clubhouse, whether it is a Yandy Diaz, I have to think that Yandy's probably that guy, mm-hmm. right, you would assume? Well, then think about what happened last year when Yandy right? tried to do the same thing for Randy Arozarena. Right, it and came, I, it came to blows. Yeah, and, and, but I think Randy and Randy's, I think, has learned from that honestly because you saw how Randy confronted Wander a few weeks back. That's right, and and kind of tried to get through to him. So I think that Yandi is doing his best that he can here, but the player has to respond. The player wants to want to be helped, and that's what you have to figure out with Wander Franco right now. You can't let this linger because this team is still the best team in baseball right now. Right, and things haven't been just buttoned up at the moment. We're kind of limping into the All Star break. We're kind of just hoping we can just get there, right, and remain in first place and be all good, get fresh, and come back. But you don't want things like this going on out of the view. You don't want this stuff going all over the place like it was yesterday, where all the national outlets are talking about it. Now it's negative. There's all these like kind of bad juju things going on. I mean, you don't want that when you're the best team in baseball. Right. And the Rays have been able to avoid that all year, right? Where there's always so much noise around all these other teams. There hasn't been with the Rays. Now this is a big issue because this is the best player on the team. And might I argue, he's been maybe one of the best players in baseball this year. Leads the whole Major League Baseball in war. This is a big freaking deal. And people just, I think, that are shoving it under the rug, you're not paying attention to what's going on here. No, a couple of great points you made, especially with Tatis and Machado, is, yeah, a lot of these younger um, players... And you know, and I, I think it's part. You, you can never me- mention anybody's culture, right? Because you know that's stereotyping or what have you. But I think it's important to mention the culture here because you know a lot of these guys come from nothing, man. I mean nothing, and they get a lot of money in a short period of time, and it's very difficult to handle it. It's very difficult to handle it. And the, and in the in the Latin community, you know, there's it, there's a lot of um, you know cultural things <laughs> that are like. You see the flair that they play with, the passion that they play with. And, you know, it, it, it becomes part of their DNA. And that same passion, you know, they don't want to be embarrassed, right? They don't want to be embarrassed on the field. And they feel like they have to um, be demonstratively upset sometimes mm-hmm. to show everybody how much they care, right? Yeah. And I think it can be misconstrued at times. And then that becomes a selfishness thing, if you're following me here. 
And I think that's the part of maturity. You have to learn that, look, everybody knows you're upset, Wander, that you struck out three times. You don't have to go break a bat. You don't have to go you know, th- throw crap all over them. Well, see, here's my thing. When I hear stuff like that, I initially heard that and went, I kind of did that. I was like, eh. Like, I see guys, like, I mean, Luke Braley broke a bat over his knee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Ortiz bit the shit out of a phone booth that one time in, in Camden Yards. Like, and I don't think we ever looked at those, we don't look at those situations and go, oh, that guy's got a problem, right? He needs to temper it in. But we, I guess that's what I'm saying. It feels like there's other things here, and it has to think that it's in-house. It's, I think it's more than what we have seen right. on the field or those incidents of the dugout. It has to be more than that, Oh, listen, in my opinion. And listen. also, I think about this. Remember the whole the, the glove flip thing in Pittsburgh? I think we remember we played the audio there, and Cash was very quick with his answer, and yeah. it didn't seem like yeah. you kind of could infer like, oh, he didn't really like that, or no, he, he didn't probably, like it, or he was probably like, please don't do that again. No, he he told Wander not to do it again, and I think that's part of the problem is when and, and when Cash goes to him and say, hey, we we don't we can't do that, and you got to go, you know, you you can't get pissed off because you've missed the play. You got to run after the ball and get it. You know, you want to get pissed off after the play, fine. But you can't be so immature that you're just going to pout like a little baby. I mean, this is all about immaturity. You know, and immaturity is, you know, hopefully that, that's taken out of you after some time. And, and hopefully it will with him. And, and hopefully it won't take a, you know, a year and a half suspension like Tatis got for doing stupid stuff. Um, you know, he took it to the next level. That immaturity manifested itself into, uh, what was it, a, a positive drug test, yeah, right, right. Um, for, for steroids. It, you know, we don't need that happening with Wander. Um, and, and there may be some things that are going on with him that, the, that are not public that the organization is trying to very much get a hold on. And I can tell you, listen, this is not – like, if you think this is the second time this has happened, no, and I, you're I just, wrong. That's what I'm saying. And I'm, it probably I'm, happened, you know, five to ten times before they went public I, I, with and the I think, first article. And then, it, it, and then when that didn't work – right. This is a. This is like. This is. If you think this, we're just starting this process. No. 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 no this has. This been, has been going been on for quite some time. This has been brewing. It might have been even going back to last year. For all we know, I, we don't I, know. I think so. But I'm. I'm just thinking about all these incidents again that we have seen on the field to like go into this. And I remember the one that I told you that I don't think anybody else saw it. Not many people have said about it, but in Wrigley, I told you there was a fly ball between Franco and Randy, and it looked like it was Randy's ball. And right, right. Franco kind of took it from him, and then Randy just kept on running forward and threw his glove yeah. in the air, and then just kind of walked by Wander and like you know just didn't look at him or anything, and it's had this good. look on his face. I mean, it's just little things like that that I'm seeing, and, and that's and that's a that's a big deal. That particular play is a big deal. Why? Because that's the the outfielder coming in. It's always his ball. That's the rule and, of baseball. And if you violate that rule to try and make some showy catch like he does, you're putting your teammates in yeah. danger. And then when they go, and I'm, I'm not saying that I know this happened, but my guess is in a situation like that, you know, the cash went to him, his, you know, fielding coach went to him and said, hey, man, that's Randy's ball. And he probably didn't take that very well. He's like, no, I can get to it. I'm going I'm to take the ball. Like, I'm not going to play by the normal rules of the outfielder coming in gets the ball. I'm not going to acquiesce to those because I'm Wander F. and Franco. And that's the attitude that you can't have. That's where it manifests itself on the field and you endanger your teammates. And if you can't get along with that, what is the organization supposed to do? Bro, it's that guy's ball. Stop playing selfish and baseball. I, I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to mention it just real quick in passing. The difference between the coaches in this area. 
John Cooper benched his best players yeah. in a game because of what? They weren't playing well. They weren't they playing were, well, they lack of playing, effort. And they weren't playing by the system. They weren't defensive back-checking, all right. those things. I mean, we're talking stamp goes Kucherov and point. We're talking the big dogs here. Right. Kevin Cash benched Wander Franco. Yeah. Right? The best player on the team. <laughs> you you know where I'm going, right? Go ahead. What did Todd Bowles do to Devin White? Praised him. <laughs> just wanted He's to, my best player. I just wanted to put that in there. He's my best player. I just want to put that in there. I'm not gonna. I don't want to go all the rails on that. I'm just gonna throw that in there, just just so everybody can understand the difference, because that's what I said yesterday. And let's let's look at the resumes of those three coaches. Uh, yeah, let's look at them. Uh, but again, I think it's a pretty valid point, though, honestly. One hundred percent. And that's why I said yesterday. And we've talked so much about this. Yes. About accountability. And that's and what I said that Kevin Cash should get to me high marks for this because Absolutely. I don't know a lot of managers probably don't want to do this maybe some of the old school managers I could see yeah. but especially some of these younger managers the new age guys and I think Kevin Cash falls into that group to make a move like this especially when you're the best team in baseball again it's like you really want to do this you know the team's sliding right now nope he's going to make that he's going to make that move he's going to send that message to Wander and hopefully it's a teaching moment and he's going to send it to the other guys that there's just no room for this kind of stuff on this team I mean you want, the goal right now is to win a World Series End of story. And they're at the point now where if they don't win to win anything short of a World Series at this point, or even a World Series appearance, to me, is short of what they've met. They've fallen short of expectations at this right. moment. That's my opinion. And Kevin Cash has to do everything to keep this team and this ship going in the right direction and not let this sink them right now. And I would have to say, you know, Cash is one of those guys that really would give his players a lot of rope. A lot he of does. Rope. He really he does. does. And that's even when he gave his statement yesterday. He didn't kill him. No. No, he gave an honest, fair assessment, kept it vague enough where he didn't expose everything, but he got enough across, I thought. Yeah. And it's clear that, you know, Kevin Cash has sat down with Wander multiple, multiple, multiple times, as has the organization. And if if that or they're not getting through to him so much so that they have to do this, you got to understand that this is a tremendous, tremendous issue. And and the biggest part that it, you hope is reconcilable is his teammates. Right. Because right now, his teammates are not supporting him. Because I, I guarantee you that, that his teammates are supporting Kevin Cash in this. And it's gotten to that point. And when it gets to that point, grudges are held. You, you heard this, you know, and, and we talked about it at length on this show because I thought it was really important. And it kind of, kind of went under the radar a little bit. But when Cash started um, this season and, and he was asked about his message to the team, right? Mm-hmm. What did he talk? Did he talk about, you know, baseball and stuff? No, he talked about camaraderie right. and getting along. He said, "That's we need to fix." I don't know if he said "fix," but the, the message was, you know, we really worked on on you know chem- chemistry, knowing your place, acting like a good teammate, being a good teammate. And, the fact and, that's the, exactly yeah, the and words everybody, that he used. And everybody getting to know everybody. Right. He right? said, "We need you know to be better teammates." That's what he said at the time, and that was directly, obviously, now pointed at at Juan DeFranco. So that's how long this stuff has been going on. And this is to to the point now. This is, you know, uh, this is a code red. If you don't think so, you're not paying attention. This is a code red, and there's a lot. And there there is this is a huge flashpoint in this franchise right now because uh, this is the cornerstone of your franchise. 
And if you can't get him on board, you're going to have major, 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 major issues. And I think right now, one of the things they need to do, and I said this three weeks ago when the first article came out, they need to find somebody, somebody, whether it's an older player on another team, whether it's someone that has coached him along the way, that he respects, that he respects and that is an elder statesman. And bring that person into this organization. If they're in the minor leagues, they need to be brought up to the big leagues as a special consultant, whatever it is. They need to find somebody that Wander respects. It might be a player on another team. Um, you know that maybe a, a, it's almost know, like a, my it's almost like my suggestion in the off season of signing Evan Longoria was right. was for more reasons than what he was going to give you on exactly. the field. Exactly. I don't know <laughs> if Shocker. Evan Longoria is that Shocker. guy. Um, I think he is. Um, but it might be. But no, it's it, it's a valid point. You need to have those. Elder I think you just need one. Like one guy. That's all I'm asking. Just one guy. Like even like the '08 Rays who were really young. Who was the who was the veteran there? Cliff, Cliff Floyd. Floyd yeah. yeah. And everybody knew that. Yeah, and he brought a certain level of professionalism to that yeah, club. Twenty twenty. Who was it? Charlie Morton. Yeah, you've got it. You've got to have those guys that have been around that know the the unwritten rules and what's expected of you and need to explain it to these younger players. Like, hey, look, dude, this is the way you can't act this way. You can't act this way. So it's a flashpoint, and where this goes when you know when he comes back on Saturday, what's it going to look like? How's he going to be welcomed back by his teammates? This is a big, big deal, and I, you know. We're going to talk about Randy Land tonight, and, and Dwayne and BA are going to be, you know, broadcasting from Randy Land tonight. And, and don't think that Randy getting all the attention isn't grating on Wanda Franco because it is. And I think that's why those two are, are probably having a little bit of uh, uh, a tet, as you might say. And you know, you don't want to mess with Randy Rosarina. That's a bad man, as Yandy Diaz found out. That's a bad man. But um, look. You can you can try to sweep it under the rug all you want, but the Rays got issues right now. And the next one is uh, well, let's get to some of the comments before we get to Shane McClanahan. We got and plus we have uh, Jeff coming up here in just a little bit. Um, uh, you go ahead and put the, the the statements up here, Nick. You've read most of them. Yeah, and Lonnie said, uh, and he, Lonnie's a Cubs fan, so he has some some chiming in here. He said, then he gets his jewelry stolen out of his Bentley. That's right. That did happen this offseason, right? Oh, that's right, yeah. The whole jewelry yeah. incident. Uh, when the Cubs called up Starlin Castro, same thing happened, and Afonso Soriano pulled him aside, uh, which you typically see when it comes to these young uh, shortstops and things like that. Um, let's see. Thomas Casper said, Wander Franco is 22 and has a crew, not going to adjust to luxury, be mature for years and years. Well, I, I think it's too early to make that judgment. Uh, personally, I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but but again, you know, this is not the beginning of this. It's not the beginning. This this is this has been going on for quite some time, and you know, the usual remedies have not worked. There's a lot of guys though that I feel like were like this, and they eventually they 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 figured it out, and they and they turned it around. So I think it's still possible. And and when he's so he's so uh, talented, they're going to give him every opportunity to do that as well, especially the investment. Uh, Jordan G, kind of similar to what I said, you can only get away with stuff like this if you're winning as a manager slash coach. Cooper does this too from time to time, and the players respond well to it, even superstars like Cooch uh, and Stammer. I like this one uh, from Lonnie. He says, I worked in the minors for the last seven years. These issues don't go away in two days. You can only hope maturity ensues. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't bench a kid. He does, you're not going to come back on Saturday and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. Coach, whatever you want me to do. No, it doesn't work that way, and it's it's going to be a process. And 
Uh, it's going to be a tough process, too. Richie P. says, true, JP, when it gets to the, uh, to the media, major problem. No one wants to handle this in the court of public opinion. So when this happens, it's very telling. Absolutely. This is a fire alarm. <laughs> this is a fire. I said it was a fire alarm three weeks ago when the first piece was written because I knew something. You know, I told you right then. But, this but is nobody not was good. again. But nobody wanted to pay attention. No, we, every, we told you every, right then that this is a huge problem. You you just anything negative around the Rays right now, and you you just you get killed for it every time you bring light. Anything negative. Yeah, but. and uh, and we're gonna get into the game, uh, James uh, and McClanahan here in a little bit uh, in our in our second hour. So um, it, it, there's much more to talk about with the Rays and McClanahan's injury at this point. I'm not. Super, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to be too alarmed about it because it's mid-back stuff. That's muscle spasm stuff. It's not, you know. Not the uh, arm. It's not the arm. It's not the elbow. It's not the shoulder. Could be the labrum, um, which is not good. But um, I think at this point, that's more precautionary than anything what they did last night. So a lot of sloppy baseball. And, yes, Jason Adam is a problem. As you pointed out yesterday, in the advanced metrics, his numbers right now are for shit. And it's really showing uh, in the game, and that was a huge part of it uh, last night. So we'll get back to the Rays here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, coming up next, Jeff Attenella, longtime uh, soccer MLS goalie, and now going into the USF Hall of Fame. We're going to talk some soccer with him. Uh, Messi coming to Florida. The U.S. women's national team roster is named. Uh, the men's team, lots going on there. So we'll get into some soccer talk with Jeff. We'll return to the Rays a little bit later on. Dave Benz is going to join us, NBA Insider. And Chris Lugo will talk a little bit about your health. Big show coming your way. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. 
It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on this Friday. Jeff's actually going to join us at 1045. I had that screwed up, so we'll talk to him. We'll do a little bit more raise here. Um, and our thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. If you have any legal issues whatsoever, uh, get the personal attention that the Jeeves Law Group will give you. Great attorneys over there, very uh, aggressive in representing you, and that's what you want. They'll get you a better settlement. So if you've been involved in an accident, remember, you only have a couple of weeks to get that thing going. So uh, contact the folks at the Jeeves Law Group. Please tell them JP sent you. Uh, if you have any issues at work, any legal issues whatsoever, the Jeeves Law Group can handle you. They handle a lot of different things. Uh, so just give them a call. Free call, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. Great folks over there. And, uh, yeah, Scott Jeeves Gators going to the final against LSU. Did you see the walk-off last night by the LSU? Yeah, that dude, Tommy White. Tommy, Tommy White. White, yeah. Transfer, that was... transfer from NC State. That dude is freaking huge, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's a monster. Did you, did you see Paul Skeens? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty good. <laughs> Unhittable. Good God. I think that's your first overall pick right there. I think it just might be. Um, who's going to get the first overall pick? The Pirates have it. They, are, they already have the it. The Pirates. And it's either going to be Skeens or his teammate Dylan Cruz. How about the Reds? The Reds are on fire. 
I know what are they eleven in a row? Eleven in a row, yeah. Oh. And what a fun, what a fun, good young team they are. Boy, there's a lot of good young teams in baseball. Baseball's flipped upside down. It really has. Rays, Diamondbacks. It's almost like you know everybody. You know, of course, they've taken the Rays template, and you know these young players now are ready to play. They're ready to play. They're not intimidated. You know, there was a time in baseball, I think, where there was an apprenticeship almost, where you needed two or three years to really become a good player and learn the game. And, and now with all the scouting that's available and the information that's available, you know, it doesn't take three, four, five years to learn the game. You know, you're, you're getting sped up with, uh, you, you already know how pitchers are trying to get you out. You're adjusted that. So that whole adjustment period now has gone from something that probably takes three or four years to about three or four months. And if you can make those adjustments, you, you can become a productive player, a very productive player at a young age. And we're seeing that all over the league. Um, and I think it's great for baseball. Um, it's, it's great for these younger teams with low payrolls, <laughs> frankly. Uh, and, and the older teams, you know, these older teams, they're not as athletic, right? So they're not uh, taking advantage of the new rules. Um, they're not. And I think the edge that you play with, when you're trying to get that first contract is a huge, huge difference compared to guys that are, you know, on $300 million deals that show up at the park you know, every day. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a, an urgent thing for them. It's just it's human nature, you know. It's just human nature. Um, all right, some of the other comments coming in um, from Buck's Basement. I bet $300 on the Royals last night to win. Just saw flashbacks to the Randy Yandy situation from last year and how that affected the team. That's... That's pretty smart. That's pretty daring also. But um, um, At $300 on the Royals to win? Was Shane McClanahan on the hill? Ooh. God bless you, brother. Going against the grain. Um, that, must have, that might have been a big haul. I wonder what the number was. What was the Bucks basement? Tell me what the, what the number was. What was That's it? only Plus the second game that we've lost with, with McClanahan on the mound. 280, no? 300. Yeah, the, <laughs> the first one was the one I bet on. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> against the Cubs. But this is the Bucks basement. Tell me when you're gonna bet. Tell me when you're gonna bet. Uh, I'm happy I won the bet, but it's sad how predictable. Um, let me see if we get this up. How predictable that this was. Although the Franco situation is obviously not what we, not why we lost. Yeah, I think it is. I think it, part of it is. I mean, because the other part of it, you know, he's not in the lineup. You know, then there's that. I mean, defensively, it doesn't really hurt well, you that much because well, Taylor Walls. Well, then you're putting Walls and Brujan right. in your lineup. Then. Right. So you got Walls and Brujan instead of Franco Walls. That's a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference offensively. Defensively, it's 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 still a minus. So you're hurt all over the field. But you take a guy like that out of your lineup. I mean, look at the Yankees and Aaron Judge. You well, know, I mean, it's so the suspension, the benching. I mean, you think Kevin Cash, from a winning standpoint, wanted to bench his best player? Hell no. I think honestly, my theory there is that. I think San Diego might have been the tipping point for, for Franco and Kevin Cash. And with the Orioles series coming up, maybe he was like, all right, I need him for this series because yeah. we really need to like. Yeah, don't think the timing of that was not, you think it's coincidental. It was not. Yeah, because there, I don't recall, I mean, what, there happened something against the Balt- or Baltimore, right? That was the thing where the bat toss, right? Yep. I know that happened, but I, maybe that was it. But I imagine that he probably held off until after the Baltimore series on purpose to, mm-hmm. to, to get to Kansas City. Here's another one, just from Lonnie, again, who, who works in baseball and minor leagues. says, your mean uh, Mercedes with the White Sox had the same thing, wanted tons of comp tickets, free merch for the crew, etc. Yeah, these are things that, that happen within the organization. You know, and at first the organization is going to bend over backwards to do anything for their players. But after a while, it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, you know, you don't run this, you don't run this joint. Yeah. 
And too, even even without the uh, with Franco in the lineup, though, I mean, they still they had enough yesterday to win the game. Of course, still got to finish the game well, off. It's, it's the Royals, bro. Uh, you still got to finish the game off, in my opinion. And the Rays just, you know, the Rays are tied with the Nationals in blown saves this year. That doesn't shock, shock me at all. You know, they're thirteen and fourteen in one run games now. Imagine that you've won fifty one games, fifty one games, fifty two games, and you have the best record in baseball, and you've lost fourteen one run games. How about oh, that? but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it is. Best team in baseball. Um, no, they have it. They have flaws. And then there's you, this, James. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, are you coming around? Did you see the guy last night? I'm glad everybody got to see it last night. Yeah. Three struck out the side with ease. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And did you see the back end of our bullpen? Jason Adam is just—he doesn't have it anymore. For whatever reason, you know, it's just not there. It's just not there. He's allowed um, more runs this year already than he allowed last year. Yeah, and Chapman was lights out. And it's almost every outing for him at this point. 101, 102, just pounded and the zone. They just can't get it. It doesn't matter if it's Adam, Fairbanks. They can't get anybody to get a clean inning right now. No. When and they Fair, need it. Fairbanks, you know, the way they score that run concerns me too. Guy gets on, steals second and third without, you know. Without a throw. Without a throw. That's ridiculous. What the hell's going on there? And then the little number. You know, that, that was not Yandy's fault or Fairbanks' fault. That's just a tough play. It's a tough play in a bad situation. Yep. There's nothing you can do there. Yeah, I'm not saying there wasn't some unluckiness there to the yeah. end of that game, but it's just it, there's, other, there's other examples you could point to that are more egregious. But still, I mean, we talked about this in the Orioles series. The Orioles, how can you not say they don't have the advantage right now on well, the Rays? They do. Because of what they can give you in the 8th and the ninth. What would you rather that, have? To me, it's that a middling, simple. A middling starter group and a, and a shutdown bullpen. In the or, playoffs, I want to shut down bullpen. Yeah, yeah. You are fooling yourself if you think the Rays are winning anything with this bullpen They're as not. currently constructed. The Stevenson that they got, I, I, the, the Rays' magic on these relievers is all of a sudden just phew. Yeah. The Stevenson, he's given up. He gave him a home run last night. He's yeah. given up like three or four since he's gotten here. It's not working right now for these guys. Yeah, and then you had, um, and you got to commend the the comeback last night. You love first of all a Rosarena again, another big night for yep, Randy. Three although. Hits. You know, it's, it's, it's trying to go the, – the sack fly – or he gets thrown out at third on a ball that's, you know, middle center field. Dude, middle center field. You can't advance the third base on that play. That was just a dumb play, again, by Randy on the bases. And it, it, that's, a, that's an easy throw out. That's major leagues. It's major yeah, leagues, bro. It, it you, just, you, they're you not as buttoned up right now as you they can't, were. But, he, you know, he, he's been – and to your point, before, before he did hit the single up the middle – the first two swings were just, he wasn't even looking at the ball. You know, he's just swinging so hard for Randy Land. And then he, then he, you know, with two strikes, he took a different approach. I'm like, do that from the, be- from the beginning of the at-bat, okay, Randy? And so there's a lot of stuff that's just slipping into their play right now that is concerning. A lot of it is concerning. And, um, you know. They they've got a they've got a right to ship here. I know they've got the best record in baseball, but there's a you know and the McClanahan thing. You know this is a problem. All of these these raised pitchers, whatever the hell is going on with these raised pitchers, there's too many injuries. There's just too many injuries, and something you know. Of course, you look at their ERA in May, best in baseball. So even even as they get injured, they continue to be the best pitching team in baseball, pitching and defense team in baseball. So it is what it is. Um, all right, let's uh, bring in our good friend Jeff Atanella and say congratulations, my friend, as you are now uh, going to be inducted into the next USF Hall of Fame. 
class uh, for your stellar career as a goalie on the soccer team. How are you, my friend? Yeah, sorry, you broke up a little bit there. But no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, uh, you know, it's something that I'm still kind of wrapping my head around a little bit. I knew, I knew, you know, I got a phone call about three weeks ago that it was going to happen. And to be honest, I wasn't sure when they were going to announce it. So I've been kind of sitting on it for a little while, but it's given me a little bit of time to process and, you know, kind of how those things go where once you get an announcement and people start talking about it a little bit more, you start to realize that it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pretty big deal and it's a pretty cool thing. So for me, it's always been about trying to do my best everywhere I've gone to represent Tampa and really represent the university because I know that my career wouldn't have been what it was without USF. They were really the, the main school, the big school that, you know, wanted me to go there and play soccer. So without them, it wouldn't have been possible. And, you know, for them to respond this way and kind of acknowledge, you know, the work that I put in and, you know, kind of cement myself um, within the university and within the athletics program, I guess how it works is forever, right? Yeah, that's how that's the whole right. thing works. Immortality. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's how it works. That really hasn't hit me yet either. But so, you know, to be tied to the university and, and really just to be tied to Tampa Bay and this city for, I guess, eternity is what, they, what they're saying. It's right. a pretty cool thing for me. Yeah, and once you get in one Hall of Fame, you know, then some of the others come come calling as well. So you never know, you never know. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I want to look ahead. I'm happy. I'm happy with this one. I, yeah, that's uh, awesome. You know, I didn't I didn't make my high school one, so I'm pretty pumped to be making the college one. <laughs> I, it's funny. I ran into a guy, uh, one of my my ex classmates that is is I, he's, you know I'm in charge of the Hall of Fame at, at South Broward High School. I'm like, bro. Come on, give me a little bit of love. Come on, three-sport athlete, and, and now you know, going on to a stellar career. I work with Bob Costas for God's sakes. Come on, man, give me some love. So yeah, I mean, once I, I, I'm not in any Hall of Fames yet, but I'm I'm, I'm eyeballing that one. Now, you, now the, your I high school I, ones. The high school, one, the high school ones are harder than anything else. These high school ones are stringent, man. They're tough. They're tough to get into. Well, what high school did you go to? I went to Countryside. And, Shout out uh, Countryside. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, I know. Yeah, I got to stop. I've been now that this happened. I've been calling him out a couple times, but <laughs> I'll give I'll give Countryside a little bit of credit because you know we uh, we won a state championship there and they were great to me too, obviously. But it was it was good motivation in further in my career to remember that I didn't make the high school one. So okay, they, yeah. they play a big part of it as well. You you and Michael Jordan still pissed off about uh, high school benchings or whatever's going on. Um, hey, well, you know, and your your USF um, athletics department now i think really stepping up I, I, you know we've talked about this for a long time jeff you've you probably you've lived it you you played there you know at a time where i'm going to say athletics wasn't the most important thing on campus i mean it just hasn't been a priority you know we, we, we keep it real here you know it's not your words it's mine but judy genshaft did a lot for this university in terms of academics she did an incredible job raising the academics uh, but athletics was never a priority for her. It was never a priority for her. This new administration has now got the stadium done, the on-campus football stadium. Uh, you know, Michael Kelly's done a tremendous job upgrading the facilities over there, which was desperately needed. So it seems to me that your 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 USF athletic department is is I think this stadium thing is a demarcation point. Now they're taking it seriously, and I think. You know the ceiling is is it's it's very high for USF. They're they with the size of this university, the size of the market, uh, the location. I think they're primed to get into a, a Power Five. Uh, but they've got to you know they got to start winning. They got to start doing things. But I think this is a big part of it. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, timing's everything, right? So I think that I think that part of it. You know, I was there when uh, Judy Genshaw was the president, and you know, for me, it was one of those things where 
we always felt supported as as the actual athletes we always felt supported we didn't i guess we didn't know for lack of a better term what we were missing um and i was i was fortunate enough to be there to see when football you know i was a freshman when football made it to number two in the country you know that infamous year that everybody kind of talks about around here and you know i saw the the student population jump up the camaraderie around campus jump up the people that were really proud to be usf fools everything kind of jumped up with the success of the sports teams and that's how colleges work right right and and unfortunately you know we saw a little bit of a dip there and i think that losing the big east was a big part of that you know when you're talking about conference realignments and all these different things going on when the big east decided that they weren't really going to be a, a serious football conference anymore that took a big hit and i think it's taken i think it's taken usf some time to recover from that because you know, at the time when USF went to the Big East, it was really, they were the marquee team in the state. They were the hot item. They were the thing that was, all right, USF is in the Big East. And that was a huge drawing point for me to go there and play soccer because it was, you know, I'm not playing in a small conference. I'm right. playing against UConn. I'm playing against St. John's. Like, I'm, I'm traveling and I'm playing in a real conference that, you know, has some really big schools and some really big history behind it. And once the Big East went away, I think, you know, I think that it was almost kind of natural that the USF athletics took a dip a little bit because yeah. that was the big push. You know, we were almost ahead of the curve with that. But, you know, with the with the emphasis on athletics coming back, it's great to know that the educational part of it, you know, it's it's hard to get into USF now if yeah. you're if you're dealing with a degree. You know, it's a it's a you know, from an educational side of it, it's one of the tougher schools to get into in Florida. So now you have that established and you know, I think that it's a it's a USF's a young school, so you got the you got the academics established and you know, we've seen what it's like when, when the sports do well and, and kind of the tradition that they're able to build. And now we're getting now we're getting that in place. You know, you go look at the facilities, and I went back, man, last year when I first got back, because I hadn't seen USF in a long time, I went to go watch a, went to go watch a softball game. And I couldn't, I, I was taken back. I couldn't believe the setups that are in place now in terms of the fields, the stadiums, right. and, and one of my favorite things, it's incredible. And one of my favorite things about, traveling to these different colleges when I was in the Big East was, I'll never forget going to Cincinnati. And you go to Cincinnati, you got the football stadium right here, baseball stadium right here, basketball arena right here, soccer stadium right here. And it was just a hub. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is like the sports corner of the university. And now you go to USF, and it's the same thing. Yeah. They're building it out. They're building it the same way. The facilities are awesome. It's all recognizably in one place where you can go. And now, I mean, it's been it's been a long time coming, but now that we got the football stadium in place and and people really behind it, and you know, obviously, we haven't seen him coach coach a game yet, but Golish seems like the type of the right energy that you need for something like this. He's a young guy who has a lot of ambition, and it seems like he wants to build it, you know, which I think is an important part of it. So, I think it's all about timing, and it, and then you know, obviously, the the AAC kind of taking a back seat to what's been going on in this conference realignment. I kind of look at it as it gives USF a chance to put all their stuff together and stand out yeah. so that the next time all this shuffling happens and we're going to be in the right spot. So I'm, I'm excited, man. It's a, I think it's a fun time to be at USF and, you know, uh, minus that Alabama game in week two, <laughs> I think we're going to have a pretty good chance of putting together a good football season that starts turning some heads. So I'm excited for it. Uh, so let's transition a little bit to soccer in the States, which is crazy right now. We just got a CONCACAF uh, Nations League championship. We got the Women's World Cup, uh, which we'll get to. But I wanted to ask first and foremost, I think it's still the biggest news, even two weeks later, is Lionel Messi is coming to MLS. And it's it's hard. It's crazy to wrap my round, my mind around that. He's going to be Nuts. playing He's gonna be playing his home games four hours away from us here in Tampa. Probably can't afford the tickets anymore, if that we're being Lockhart completely Stadium. honest. 
right? But it's a big I deal. Love, that's, the, that's the craziest part. That's unbelievable. I know. I, mean, I, know, I, know. I played know. football there, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. I, should, I had a high school never, state championship there. He should yeah. never play on a field that I played on. Like, that should be illegal. <laughs> it probably should. <laughs> but, I mean, Jeff, we've seen this before. And you, when you were playing the same thing, like with the David Beckhams of the world and, you know, the Thierry Henrys and the Lampards and all these great players, but they came over, obviously, out of their primes. As he's 35, but is anybody really going to say he's still not technically in his prime because he's just so great? Like, I mean, he just won a World Cup. I mean, doesn't this just feel like different this time around? And could this be the, the big thing to be a catalyst, I guess, to really take soccer to the moon, especially the timing with the World Cup coming in 2026? Yeah, no, this is different. This is, I mean, I know that people that don't follow soccer won't agree with this, which is fine. But the reality is, is this is the biggest this is the biggest player to ever play on a world scale. I mean, this is hands down the best player that has ever played in this league, and he's going to draw more attention. You know, you're talking about bringing a – man, I don't even know the comparisons, but you're talking about bringing a superstar that brings so much attention and so many eyes. The, world, the eyes of the entire world will be following Messi, and it's coming to MLS, and it's coming to Miami. And, you know, I think it's something that people won't really understand the scale of it on a world scale – because the cult following that he has and, and the amount of countries and the people, I mean, he walks around other countries and, and it's like they're seeing, you know, for lack of a better term, it's like they're seeing, uh, like they're seeing a God, you know, it's something where it's something where like almost a figure that doesn't seem real to people that are diehard soccer people like are, he's coming to our country and he's going to play soccer and he's going to, you know, he's going to draw the crowds and, and people are going to get, you know, a little bit more recognized in the MLS, but more than anything, it's more about you have a lot of people now around the world that are going to tune into the MLS. And, you know, as a, as a person that used to play in the league and as a person who has a lot of friends in the league, the opportunities for American soccer now are kind of endless because the eyes that you're drawing in yeah. are all around the world. People are going to be tuning in to, to watch Messi, but, you know, what about that guy that's making 60K that, that stands him up, that defends him well? People are going to be like, "Oh, okay, wow that that's a that's a difference maker." You know what I mean? That's a young American that's who can play point. against some of the best players in the world. So, I mean, there's so many different layers to it where you can take it in terms of what it means for soccer in this country. But more than anything, it's just you know people are going to be watching and people are going to be paying attention. There's going to be a lot of Americans that are playing against Messi, and you know there's going to be a lot of people tuning in that say, "Oh man, like look at that! Like look at that league." They have the best player in the world, and he's playing in it, and and people are going to be tuned in, which is a completely completely different from completely different from anything we've ever seen before. And do you think it, maybe it helps kind of shift the balance of power a little bit? Because we've kind of seen like you know MLS, MLS gets this whole retired league kind of cliche put on, and I think they've kind of gotten away from that in recent years, and I think because of the Saudi league, quite frankly, is taking a lot of these 30, 31, 32 year old players and signing them to crazy amounts of money, right? And now the MLS getting messy. Do you think this kind of helps them in that way? Like, I know he's bringing in probably we're going to see a Sergio Busquets or, you know, a Jordi Alba from Barcelona come in as well. But maybe even like the little bit of the younger player, do you think they're able to attract that from Europe here potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that it's a weird – the MLS is at a weird place because there's a stigma about the MLS right now where it, it, it does – people are saying like, oh, you know, it's a retirement league. People like to come here. You know, a good example of that is Gareth Bale came to LAFC – Played for his, six months. Yeah, not to cut you off, but you saw his comments too this morning. Didn't help. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean to be honest, like I've had friends who come here from other countries, and they say I came to play to America because if I lose a game in Argentina, I can't go to the grocery store for the next right. week. 
because people are asking me what I'm doing. Wow. Why aren't I practicing? You know, I'm giving you a hard time. Wow. We're in America. We're in America. It's, you know, he loses a game. If they lose a game, he's in L.A. He walks around the street and people might not even know who he is. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't, I don't take offense to those comments. I think everything needs to be taken, you know, for what it is at face value. It's something where if you're an NFL player and you're in a city that loves the NFL – and you lose a game, and you're out at a bar that night, you're going to get a lot of heat for it, right? But the way right. that soccer is, the way that people cover soccer in this country, it's not on the same scale as it is in the yeah. world. And so those comments, you know, those comments are true, but it's just everybody takes offense to them in a different way. But it's that, that's the reality of the sport in this country. But, I mean, I think, that, I think that the MLS is at a weird place because there's this stigma that it is a retirement league or people come here to retire because there are all those guys that do that who can still make an impact in the league. But on the flip side, you know, I'm reading reports today, there's a young European goalie that plays for New England Revolution who came to America to get minutes at the age of 20, who came to play, compete for a starting job, and New England might sell him to Man United for $20 million. So there's a lot of young players who, you know what I mean, the foundation of the young players, like there's a kid for Cincinnati who got, who just played, you know, Freddie Adu was supposed to be the youngest guy, and everybody made all this hoopla about Freddie Adu back in the day. There's a 15-year-old that just played for FC Cincinnati last night in front of 24,000 people. Wow. So you know what I mean? Like, there's a stigma about the MLS, and there hasn't really been that shift of mindset yet mm -hmm. because of the things that have happened in the past. But there are so many different things in place within the league that are happening that, like, the stigma is going to go away. Maybe, right? right. Uh, maybe on a world scale. Maybe that's what Messi does. He brings eyes to it, and they realize, oh, wow, this young player... You know, there's a young player for Atlanta who won the who won yeah. the World Cup with Argentina. He's 22 years old, playing in Atlanta. They could probably flip him and sell him for 30 million dollars. So, and he's a young player who built his resume here in the states, here That's in the MLS, won a World Cup, and. And you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't get talked about. It's the older guy that comes over and gets yeah. talked about because that's the fun narrative. But there's things in place where the where the sport and the you know the league is really growing into a developmental league and. So, you know, I think it's all things that take place, but like everybody says, it all has to come together in 2026. That's like, that that has to happen in order for the sport to take that next step. Well, at least I know Arthur Blank isn't going to sell that young player in Atlanta because he, he, wins mean more to him than money. He's got plenty of money. Yeah, he, we like owners like that, that, that they care more about winning than, than the money, so... Yeah. He likes to win. One of my coolest, one of the coolest moments of my career, we played them in the MLS Cup. And, you know, I'm a diehard sports fan. I'm a, I'm a huge Bucks guy, so I've been watching Arthur Blank forever. And then, so we played them in the MLS Cup, and before the game, like, the owners go down and, like, shake right. hands with the people that are playing. So Arthur Blank's coming down the line, and I'm like, no way, I'm about to dap up Arthur Blank. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked for the Falcons for a couple of years and got to know Arthur, and what a great guy, man. He is just very much like Jeff Finnick. You know, he, he takes his community responsibility very, very seriously, has done wonders for the community and, and also his sports teams. And I, I was actually there when they announced um, the Atlanta MLS team, and, you know, I was kind of like, eh. I mean, Atlanta and MLS, he was doing it because his, his spouse at the time had kids playing soccer and she wanted an MLS team and he, he's like, all right, well, I'll go buy one. And I'm yeah. like, this is the craziest thing ever. And then he freaking fills the Georgia dome with soccer fans. They, they, they draw way better than the Falcons do. And I'm like, Jiminy Christmas, this is crazy. It's crazy. So I have a good, I have a good, if I have time, I have a good story about that. So go ahead. yeah, why not? When we played, when we played Atlanta the first time, so we played them in 2018. That was the first time we had played away at Atlanta. 
And because obviously I was out in Portland, so you play home and away, you do that, yeah. you know what I mean? You alternate every year. And it was the first time we played Atlanta. And it was, you know, we're reading about the crowds, we're reading all these things. And I've been to Atlanta a bunch. You know, you yeah. grow up in Florida, you always spend time in Georgia, and you spend time in Atlanta. Yeah. And so we go to a barbershop, you know what I mean? And we're going to a barbershop. I go to a barbershop in Atlanta, get my hair cut. And, you know, it's, it's, we're in the barbershop hanging out. We're the only, you know, we're the only people in there, me and my, me and my roommate who from the time was from Eastern Europe. So we're in there and they're like, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, oh, I was like, actually, like, we're here to play soccer. Like, we're going to play, like, we're playing for the team that plays Atlanta over the weekend. And the entire barbershop just stopped and was asking us millions of questions. They're like, that's the hottest ticket. I can't even get a ticket to that game. So we got a ticket to the game because we're like, you got to come watch. Yeah. And we're like, that's the hottest ticket. And they're like, I don't understand soccer at all. Can you, like, help us? Because everybody's <laughs> talking about soccer, and I don't know anything about it, but everybody says you have to go to the game. Yeah. So we spent like two hours in this barbershop in downtown Atlanta just explaining soccer and trying to get everybody caught up to speed because the, you know, the feel around it was it's the hottest ticket. You have to go to a game. It's the most fun thing you'll do. And that's when I was like, man, they've really figured this out. Because if you're yeah. doing that in Atlanta, it's like, man, I was like, you're onto something. Well, why can't it, uh, why can't it happen in Tampa at the new Rays Stadium? Uh, bring the Rowdies over and uh, our, our new. Uh, Ebor Marina. Here I go. I'm going off on a tangent right now. Well, you're a big Tampa guy, right? You, you Tampa Bay sports guy. You'd love to see it. I mean, it's not. It, look, if they can do it in Atlanta, why can't they do it in Tampa Bay? I mean, I think there's there's a great soccer fandom here. The Rowdies, you know, for for what they are in the lower league, you know, to get as much support as they have. I think is tremendous. I think if we had an MLS team playing in a, a place like that, like the like the Mercedes Benz Dome, I mean that that must have been an incredible atmosphere playing in front. What was it, sixty seventy thousand people there? Yeah, the finals was I think it was seventy two thousand. Oh. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a fun it was a fun fun yeah. game to take a, be a part of. But we can do that here, right? Yeah, I mean I think so. I think it's it's there's so much of it that depends on so many different factors, right? Like the Lightning have done such a good job of of kind of cornering the downtown market yeah. and really, you know, really making it their own. The one thing I'll say about the Rowdies is if they were if something were to happen where they were to move to Tampa, of course I'd love it cuz I live in Tampa and it's a lot easier for me. Right. But I mean the stadium of Halloween, oh, it's awesome. Place, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. so gorgeous and and, you know, I, I don't know the fan dynamic as much in St. Pete as I do in Tampa because, you know, I live down here and I understand Tampa a little bit better. But I, I come from a place in Portland where that stadium, you know, before all these new teams started coming in before the Atlantas, Portland was really one of the first teams to have sellout crowds and, right. and pack them in every time and really have one of the best soccer cathedrals, I guess you would say, in the country. Sure. And it started as a minor league baseball field. Yeah. You know, you it started in my league baseball field. So I look at Al Lang and I think, man, this location right on the water, it's just such a gorgeous place to play. It's such a gorgeous place to go take your kids for a night out on the town. And, you know, if, if they were able to do it, it'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to say get rid of Al Lang because that place is yeah. just so beautiful. And I love going there to watch a game. Well, this one's also on the water. We'll be on the water. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you sailboats there, right? As well, so you never know. That's true. We got a lot of water around here. That's that's a good thing about it. We got a lot of water. Hey, before we let you go, um, talk. Give me a little uh, on the United States men's national team, uh, bringing back their coach, and then the women just named their um, their roster as well. They look like they're jacked and ready for for this World Cup. Uh, some thoughts on the on the national teams. Yeah, I mean the women's team. They got some new. They got some new young players. There's a girl named Sophie Smith. I think she's 18 years old. I think might even be a little bit younger. And she was playing out in Portland, and she's been a big deal out there for a while. So it'll be fun. It's kind of 
U.S. soccer, U.S. women's soccer is kind of in this transitional period where we still expect them to be the best. That's that's what they've carved out for themselves. That you know, no matter who's on there, you expect them to win it. Which is you know, just saying that alone is is very impressive. But they're kind of at this transitional period where I think you're going to start to see some new superstars emerging. Yes. You know what I mean? There's going to be some new players that I'm okay are going to be on with the, that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, yeah. There's going to be there's going to be some new people that are on the tip of everyone's tongue and yeah. and some young players that are starting to stand out, which will be a lot of fun and that'll be exciting because. You know, you got to you got to kind of cycle through the generations and start building up more stardom. Tiffany um, Rodman, that, Tip, is it Ro- Tiffany Rodman, right? Her, Rodman's uh, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible yeah. player. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch the new people come in and and kind of see how they adjust because for a lot of them, you know, it's their first World Cup, but there's that good leadership, there's that good veteran leadership that's been there before, and that you know what I mean. You know how sports are; you always need that kind of balance. And then you know, from the men's side. The, the coaching decision, I think that it's interesting just because it's one of those things where the rumors are out there that they reached out to all these big names. And, you know, if they weren't able to seal the deal with the big names, I think that it's interesting that big names didn't find it to be that attractive as a, of a job. You know what I mean? Maybe the pressure of hosting the World Cup isn't something that they felt like taking on. I don't know about that part of it, but that's kind of like my side of how I take the big names that were floated around and not bringing them on board. But you got a lot of the players, you got your star players saying that they wanted the coach back. Obviously, there was a little bit of drama there at the end of it. Well, not a little. There's a lot of drama. But, you know, there's a lot of time for them to smooth that out. And I think at the end of the day, the U.S. is going to play in some massive tournaments that aren't the World Cup here in the next couple of years. And you got to see how they do. You know what I mean? They're going to play in the Copa America where they're playing against the best teams in the world. And it's a tournament where you're going to stack yourselves up against some of the best teams in the world, and you got to see how they do. And if it doesn't go well, if they're not if they're not really fitting the bill, then you got to look at it again and say, okay, do we need to reevaluate for the World Cup? But if they go down there and it goes well, and and it kind of seems like things are smoothing out, I think Berhalter did a good job of building the culture that's in place. And now it's just about you know, looks like we found a target forward, which is what we were missing, which we were missing a forward in the World Cup. Now now it seems like we have two. And you know what I mean? It's kind of just getting the, getting the machine back running again. So we'll see how it plays out. Most of these things kind of work themselves out within, you know, between the four year period. And, but at the end of the day, if all the players are saying they want the coach back, then there's nothing wrong with having him back in my opinion. Who are those two guys, those two strikers? Uh, Pepe. And then the new guy, I don't even know. You probably know how to pronounce his name better, Nick. I don't even. It's like Balogun or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He plays for Arsenal. He, he could have gone, he could have played for England, but he chose the U S and, he scored the second goal, I think, for his Canada. Yeah, yeah. Falaren yeah. Balagun is his name. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's supposed to be the real deal. He's supposed to be like, I haven't watched him play more outside of what I just watched him in the tournament. But he's supposed to be the real deal. And you know, I think that if we if we have a forward that can score goals and you yeah. know the, the rest of the system's in place, then I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but you know, maybe like the semifinals <laughs> of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Damn. Why not? Why not? Why not? 100 years if, of history, why not? If, if Morocco can do it, why can't the U.S.? I, the US, I mean, the U.S. True. has been close. The U.S. True. has been close before. I mean, we've made quarterfinals, and you know what I mean? I think that I think that it's kind of the same thing. you got a young group that's playing for the best clubs in the world, and anytime you get a young group that has experience, they have World Cup experience now, which yeah. experience is everything. So the next cycle, I mean, when I tell you, like, I've, I've done scouting courses, I've done all I've done all the U.S. soccer stuff you could do, and when I tell you everything is geared up and, and the goal has always been 2026, like, that's the goal. So I don't think that they're shying away from it, and, you know, I think that they have a U.S. team that has some of the best players that we've ever had. So I don't think 
you know, everyone else is aiming high, so we might as well aim high ourselves as fans. Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right, Jeff. Hey, congratulations again, and also on uh, Smack Apparel, you guys just had your 25th anniversary. I saw that on on uh, on Instagram as well. Yeah, 25 years, man. If you could believe it, Wayne Wayne uh, Wayne Dog Curtis has been at it for been at it for quite some time, making some fun shirts. And yeah, yeah next month we're going to be doing some fun stuff on social, just like a bunch of giveaways. And you know, we're going to have uh, we're going to give some history lessons on some of the different shirts that we've had. And yes, yes, like I, that, I would love so. that. Yeah, bring back some of the classics, man. I like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll do our best, man. We'll at least tell the stories about them. Yeah, Smack Apparel. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, good stuff. All right, Jeff. Hey, congrats again on the Hall of Fame for USF. Well deserved. And uh, we'll chat with you next month. We'll talk some more soccer. Great stuff. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, uh, Jeff Attenella. There, Countryside High School. What are you doing? Come on. How is he not in your Hall of Fame? Shame, shame. <laughs> South Broward. What are you doing, JP Peterson? Come on, shame, shame. Um, Nick Geddes should be in the. Gaither Hall of Fame. Gaither? Where'd you, where'd you go? <laughs> I went to Durant. Durant I did not, Gaither, I did not go to Gaither. Thing. No, the, the, they would be ashamed of me after what happened last night in softball. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is that a tease? Should we, do, should we leave that for the laughter? I'll just say it real quick before we go to break because I don't want to spend too much time on it. <clears throat> <clears throat> I want to build it up for please, the crowd. Please guess the score. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side and embarrass Nick with that. <laughs> We're brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Uh, Chris Lugo will join us at 1145. We'll talk about your health. If you've got some questions about nutrition, workouts, hydration, health, uh, uh, supplements, all that stuff, uh, put them in the comments and we'll send them to the doc. And we'll uh, check in with him at 1145. At 1130, Dave Benz is going to join us, uh, our NBA insider, to talk about the draft when we come back. Nick's horrible night at softball, and uh, we'll talk some more Rays and some of the other great stuff out there as well. Stay with us. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C dot com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. 
Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and 
emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244.
Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on FanStream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back. Had a little issue here. Um, do I unmute this? Are we good? We're good. Uh, unmute it? Okay, there we go. Now we're good. Now we're good. Sorry about that. Had to... A little power issue here. Technology is just ruling our lives. Man, when the grid goes down, it's going to be chaos. Going to be chaos. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We won't have the show. It's going to be what? And what will you do if you don't have the show? Uh, welcome back to the JP. Oh, do me show. a do me a favor, real quick. Because, do you a solid? Because I uh, <laughs> my computer here is I've completely let me down. So I'm in the backstage of the stream. I just have to let you in. So you're going to have to oh. let me in. You got anything to add to the show, sir? Before I let you, <laughs> you have to let me in, and then uh, I can't run. I actually am not able to run anything right. on on the stream. So please go to the right there. Yeah, on, well, the, on the brand. Oh section, yeah, we got to brand you in. Yeah. All right, scroll down. Yeah. On the show, teaching you everything. This here. one. Uh, it's going to be the scroll that, down. Oh, yeah. JP two time overlay at the bottom there. Yeah. This the one. Oh, one. that's a good one. The second one. The second one. Yeah, at the bottom. Oh, at the bottom. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're doing this while we're on the air. It's great. It's fantastic. I hope everything's working okay. I just, I'm, I'm unable to control everything now because I'm technically a guest. You're technically a guest. Well, yeah. just, yeah, just tell me, tell me what to do here and there. We're we going to have Dave Benz on here in just a little bit, do the NBA in, Insider. Um, we are going to talk a little uh, local uh, NBA, but you, you were not happy with the Magic selection last night. You and you and Nick, my, my Magic authorities here, are not happy. Nick, you got your mic there? There we go. Let you guys go at it, because uh, now we have we, the University of Michigan is now the the Magic. Uh, or Magic, Michigan. yeah. We're uh, we have four players now from four four players from the, the University of Michigan. Of Jet Howard, yep. Jawan Howard's son. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. That'll get you some wins. Is it? No. No. You don't like the fits, guys. Anthony Black and and. Jet Howard. Well, the Magic have a, a multitude of point guards: Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and now we just went and drafted a point guard with the sixth pick, and then drafted another guard with the eleventh pick. If you needed a shooter, why didn't you get that Grady Dick guy? You know, I'd love to know the answer to that question. You need we're some sitting dick? there at eleven. You need, you some, need dick? some dick, and they couldn't. Second get show in the row, we've made that joke. <laughs> why not? You got to wear it out, you know. <laughs> well, you have the opportunity. We're not going to talk about Grady Dick the rest of our lives, so we might as well. Take it while we can. Yeah. Get the dick while you can. 
No, but they should have, they should have taken him at eleven, though. They should have got they, they they take the second best Michigan prospect in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh! The man. ladies are always saying still can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Magic still can't shoot after after last. Hey, time. this the uh, one guy that shoots thirty percent from three. Ooh, thirty percent in college. From nineteen six. SEC. Ooh. Yeah. How's that going to work out in the Big N- deal. in the NBA? No. Big no, not, not not impressed? I'm not yeah. impressed at all. Intern Nick, not impressed? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to give him a little leeway because, to be fair, the last two draft classes, a lot of people were questioning, like, who they drafted in the terms of uh, Franz Wagner and uh, Paulo Bancaro. That worked and, out. And then they worked out. So I'm like, all right. Well. I don't know. I think anybody was mad about the Bancaro pick. No, less mad and more shocked. Like, I remember a lot of people thought they were going to go with, uh, who was it, Jabari Smith? Was that who it was? Or Yeah, Jabari Smith or Chet Holmes. Yeah, everyone thought year. it was going to be those guys. No one thought it was going to be him. Like, like there, like there were some people who were mad, or at the very least shocked, and he ended up being the best one. So, like, I'm gonna give him a little leeway. I don't know. By the way, did you see what Grady Dick was wearing last night? Yeah. What the hell was that? You know that? what? He might have been off my draft board. Right yeah. What, what the hell was that? The glasses and the red sequin, whatever the hell that was. That was uh, like know. one of those pillows that, like, you know, have like the like glitter-looking things that you like push up and down, and they give you different colors. That's what it looked like. I've seen curtains like that in, in a strip joint, but other than that, where I don't did these, think where I've did these guys it. go to get those suits? That's what I want to know. Not bespoken company. My good friend David Kahn's, uh, who was over at the Bucks the other day, um, teaching the guys how to dress the right way professionally, not like that that silliness, but um, but, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a better mood about the whole thing. Dick can uh, shoot. Dick can fill it up. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a better mood because a uh, guy All from right, UCF got drafted. I don't that's know. That's enough. We're just terrible. Yeah, you've worn it out. What about what about the what, the Magic could have drafted your UCF guy? He was on the board. He was on the board. What happened there? I don't know. The hometown kids sell some tickets. No. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, I was for it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't tell them not to do it. I don't know. I'm not in there. I don't know why they're making the decisions. I just. I wish they picked him because then I'd be getting credentials for every game through that. But uh, I guess I just have to wait for the one time Utah comes down to Orlando. Yeah. Any other any other surprises in your uh, in your NBA draft? I I, do, I watched very. There was a guy that was supposed night. to go into the top ten. Uh, this I think it was Whitmore, maybe. I yeah, Whitmore. Say. He dropped. He like, was supposed to go top ten, and I think he got he went down to twenty. I want to say it was one of those sad things where like the guys like. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing, like where he's, they keep showing him, and he's just sitting there as the picks pass pass him by, and it just kind of got sad to watch after a while. Yeah, the Rockets got things. a top ten player at twenty. Well, I and and of course the biggest the draft is not the biggest, and we'll talk to Dave here in a second. The the big trades that went down as well are probably going to affect the uh, the balance of the NBA is more, much more than these rookies. And uh, Winbayama is not Winbayama. Winbayama. is not going to. I mean, I don't think the Spurs are making any moves anytime soon. I mean, they've got to they've got to put together a team. They're not they're not that's not that type of instant impact on the league. I, I wouldn't think, but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens here. Um, a little bit, a little bit, and a um, couple other things uh, we talked about uh, and some of the NFL things. The the Commander sale it looks like it's going to go through pretty soon. And uh, finally, Snyder will be out of the NFL. I'm sure a lot of people will be very happy about that. And um, and the NFL will get the training camps going. I cannot wait for the NFL to get, get up to speed. And uh, when do the Gators and LSU start? Is that tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Gators will play for the national championship uh, and the SEC championship at the same time <laughs> with LSU. 
So, yeah, it just means more. That's all there is to it. It just means more in the SEC. Ah, they win just about everything, don't they? Absolutely crazy. Um, all right, I've, uh, I'm waiting for our friend Dave Benz here to jump in. We'll add him to the stream um, when he's ready. Uh, not quite ready yet, so we'll We can take a up. quick break if you'd like. We need another break? Yeah, we can take a quick little break, come back. All right, quick little break. We'll come back with Dave Benz, uh, our NBA insider, and uh, we'll talk about some of the trades and everything else that's going on. And Chris Lugo will join us at 11.45 to talk a little bit of uh, fitness for you guys. If you have any questions for the doc, let me know. Put them in the comments, and we'll get them to them. Quick break. Back in three. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We thank you guys for uh, joining us here. Uh, I want to talk a little NBA basketball now with our good friend, NBA Insider, longtime voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the PPL. The great Dave Benz, who joins us here from, wow, what is that What is that backdrop there? Where are you, my friend? 
I'm uh, I'm in Beverly Hills. Oh <laughs> my God! Look at you flexing, bro. That's fantastic. I'm on poolside yeah, at Beverly I, I, Hills. I, 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 I the last time I was at my sister's pool in Orlando, so I just you know I upgraded <laughs> a little bit better pool here today. So where so where is what is that the rooftop? I think I've been to that. Is that the rooftop bar at uh, the hotel? I think at, I've been yeah, it's at the SLS. Yes, I've been there. Yes, how about yeah, oh man, yeah. you're yeah, it's a sweet place. I, Made an impromptu trip down here last night. Oh, nice. Very, very nice. Um, well, it was it was quite a, I, I want to say, an uneventful draft. I mean, uh, when Bayana going first was was no secret to anybody. Um, but they, I guess the big question now is, is he that transcendent generational player that LeBron and, and, and so many others think that he is? I mean, he's going to the right place, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about a... a team that's had a history of being able to develop people and you're going to go now with a reinvigorated Greg Popovich and I thought watching Pop last night the little bit I saw uh, of him talking in the in the press conferences there there's there's a new there's a new energy in Pop and that's kind of scary for the rest of the league because I think everybody kind of you know myself included I think we all kind of thought Pop was you know he's got the record now and what else is there really for him to accomplish um, now all of a sudden he's got you know something to really sink his teeth into and, yeah. and drive him and see if he can get this franchise back to close to what it used to be. Uh, I think that that's scary for the rest of the league because the Spurs were a gold standard for a long time. I, the, but the bigger question, you know, with one Bayana personally is can he can he put on the necessary muscle and size to go along with the, the height and the athletic ability to be able to endure the rigors of an 82-game season? That's going to be... Uh, the big question. Uh, obviously, everybody seems to think that he can. I know Steph Curry said that he's a cheat code for uh, you know 2K to, to yeah. bring him out. Um, I, I'm going to be very curious to see what he looks like when he actually gets on an NBA court. By the way, I think he, the Spurs are playing in the um, in the in the summer league that is in Sacramento, which is actually before the Vegas summer league. I think huh. it, it starts a week and a half. So his NBA, unofficial NBA debut is going to come even sooner than Vegas. He's, he's going to be on the court in uh, Sacramento. Yeah, that's interesting to me because he even mentioned he didn't think he needed to put on weight. And I'm like, uh, well, uh, maybe about 10 games into the NBA season you may change your mind because let's be honest, these other teams are going to that, – that's how they're going to test him. They're going to try to beat him up a little bit and, you know, we'll, we'll see how he reacts. Yeah, I, and I think the other thing is – and I haven't looked at his – numbers in terms of personal fouls what he played with overseas but you know i think he's going to be a kind of guy who's going to be prone to foul trouble early that's just my gut yeah i think he will be, be prone to foul trouble early and he's gonna to have to figure out how to be able to you know play in the nba with other big guys pushing him around without getting in foul trouble so he can stay on the court so you know the, the work in the gym and the, the patience and the resilience to be able to, to, to stay on the floor without getting in foul trouble in, in the early days, I think that's going to be the biggest struggle for him because clearly he's got all the skills athletically oh, that God, you yeah. could possibly want. Well, uh, Dave, I think the, the big question is not so much the draft. It's what happened around the draft, right? Porzingis, oh, yeah. Porzingis going to the Celtics, uh, and Bradley Beal going to the Suns, uh, Chris Paul going to the Warriors. I mean, yep. which one of those moves tips the, the scale in, in those teams' favor? Man, you know, I mean, well, did the is the Porzingis thing official? So I saw a conflicting report last night. I haven't checked it since I got up this morning. Um, I, I saw there was a conflicting report that that deal might be falling apart. So um, I, I don't know. I if think that, it's done. If that, I think that deal's done. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a done deal. Okay. Well, um, you know, 
I don't know that the Porzingis thing really moves the needle for me. I mean, I think Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of that Celtics team in a lot of ways. So uh, I'm a little bit caught off guard that they would part ways with Marcus Smart. But especially considering, I mean, uh, JP, you and I think talked about this when we were in, in Tampa doing the, the Pro Pidelli. I felt like it was the Celtics year. And aside from running yeah. into a, a, a very hot Miami Heat team that was a bad matchup for them, I think they might have been the team that won the title this year. So I'm a little bit shocked that they decided not to run it back. Um, and I, as much as I've liked Porzingis in the league, I don't know that he really is what the Celtics need to be able to get over the top. So that's a wait and see for me. Um, I think Chris Paul going to the Warriors, I, I mean, in theory, on paper, it looks great. You're bringing in one of the greatest guards in the history of the NBA to play with that backcourt, but you're bringing in another guy that's got how much tread left on the tire with a team that is, you know, a little bit worried about the tread they've got left on the tire already. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so that you give up a Jordan like, pool. I mean, a young, yeah. that, that, that was completely bizarre to me. Although, you know, the great, the, the, the great outlier with the Jordan pool thing is, you know, think about what happens at the start of training camp with Jordan pool and Draymond and everybody, Pointed the finger at Draymond because clearly he was the yeah. one who you know, yeah. threw the punch. But what did Jordan Poole do that, that led up to that? What was Jordan Poole doing behind the scenes in the locker room? You know, and, and what kind of, you know, so that entire staff, and I know Bob Myers is out, and now Mike Dunleavy Jr. is in, and, and Joe Lacob's son is is probably soon to be named the, the president of basketball ops there. But, um, you know, it, it, it's largely still the same group making those decisions. And um, they – clearly felt like there was something with Jordan Poole that wasn't the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. So bringing in Chris Paul, um, I just don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, the Warriors are are going to be a playoff team next year. They're probably not going to be a top seed, but they're going to be a team nobody's going to want to see in the postseason right. if Steph and Clay are healthy and if they re-sign Draymond. Um, you know, they are who they are. We know who they are. Right. But, but if you do have Chris Paul healthy in the playoffs, does he help you win any more games in the regular season? Probably not. Yeah. They're probably going to be, they're probably going to win 48 to, to 50 games next year. Uh, assuming everybody's healthy, they're going to be a, you know, be a five seed and they're, you know, but, but they're possibly going to be a team that, you know, can make a deep run. Um, you know, and then uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other show. What was the other one? Bradley Beal to uh, to right. the Suns. Yeah, Bradley Beal. That might be the one. You know, Bradley Bradley Beal on the Suns now, uh, along with KD and Devin Booker. Yeah. That's a little bit ridiculous to me. That's yeah. a that's a whole lot of scoring. Can you find a way to be able to you know to get everybody happy? Are there are there enough basketballs to go around to feed all those mouths? But had Bradley Beal been on the Suns? This playoff run, I know. I know that some, you know, Suns fans were really kind of regretting what they gave up. But Bradley Beal is a hell of a talent, yeah. and he's and and you know, Ryan Saunders was the head coach with the Timberwolves for a while. Um, prior to being with the Timberwolves, he was actually with, in Washington, and he worked with Bradley Beal and kind of helped Bradley Beal become the player that he is. And I've had a lot of conversations with Ryan about Bradley Beal. And I mean, you talk about a guy who's just a tremendous worker, wants to do whatever it will take to be a winner and be able to make his game better. So yes, he's going to want the ball. He's going to want his shots, but he's also going to go there wanting to win. And he's going to be a sponge being around KD. I can promise you that. And it, it, so that might be the trade to me 
that has the biggest impact on the landscape of the NBA. Now you really legitimately have a big three mm-hmm. in Phoenix. And, and, you know, and obviously Booker is in the heart of his prime. KD's, uh, KD's clearly on the back nine at this point, but I mean, I'd say he's probably on the you know 14th or 15th hole. He's not he's not on the tee box on 18 yet. Yeah. Um, you know, so so you got you got some guys who are going to be able to do some damage next year. Yeah, and, and any thoughts on the Magic? Um, they got a couple of guys. Uh, my my cohorts here aren't real happy with their draft last night, but there are some people that think that they're kind of a sleeper in the East that they're on the come. Yeah, you know, I was I, I, I got to be honest. I don't know a ton about the guys that they brought in, but yeah. the um, but I, I you know reading some of the draft grades because I figured the Magic could come up. They're they're saying that you know they're they're right there in the middle of the draft and uh, with Jet Howard coming in out of Michigan at, at eleven, and then uh, the other Black. guy Anthony Black from uh, Arkansas. Oh yeah, Anthony Black from Arkansas was their guy at number six. Um, you know, I, I, listen, the the Magic kind of they they were stuck in that position where they kind of had to take what was available yeah. I, I thought the biggest move in in the magic are they're kind of ma- a maddening team to me right because they're like they always feel like they've got a lot of potential a lot of good pieces but never it never really anything. seems to ever come together I, I, until then they trade those guys away and then they blow up because i yeah. will tell you uh if, if you ever play nba 2k this is the cheat code for 2k and you do all-time teams the all-time orlando magic 2k team <laughs> is freaking ridiculous man you know, you got Shaq and Grant Hill and uh, Tracy McGrady and, and Dwight, and it's just, uh, but anyway, yeah, I digress. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, they're much yeah. better at 2K than they are in uh, 3D. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd love to see the I'd love to see those guys be able to develop. I'll tell you, I thought the seal of the draft to me, though, was was um, Charlotte not taking Scoot Henderson. Yeah. I think we're going to be ecstatic with Scoot Henderson out in, uh, out in Portland, and the thing I wonder is, do they do they say we're going to pair this guy with Damian Lillard, or do they say we're going to maybe trade Damian Lillard for some assets and, and change? And I know one of the teams that has been talked about maybe being a, a, a target for Damian Lillard is Miami. So yeah. maybe the biggest trade in all this is is still to come. Still to now come, yeah. Portland, you know, I mean, Port, Portland, if they're happy with Scoot, and they say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna hand the keys over to him and let him run things, and we're gonna see what we can get back for Dame. If Dame goes to Miami, my God, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, so no. um, I, I think there's still a few balls to, that are in the air that we're going to see where they land to see where all this thing shakes out. All right, good stuff. Uh, Dave, thanks for getting up early with us there in that beautiful sky. Go do, you going to do a few laps for us here? Yeah, uh, Yeah. no, I might uh, <laughs> I might go hit the gym. Uh, maybe I'll hit the pool a little bit later when there's more to look at. Right now, there's not, there's not much there right now. No, it's no. Uh, it's a great bagel shop right around the corner, though. I highly recommend I forget the name of it, but it's... It, it's not too bad. All right, I'll look that up. I'll text you if I find it. All right. It. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Good stuff. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks. Live from Beverly Hills, Dave Benz joining us poolside. Love it. Absolutely love it. What a great TV show we have here. All right. Now, he, now we'll – now we'll, By the way, he wasn't, he wasn't joking, by the way. That Magic team on 2K yeah. is cracked. Penny, Grant Hill, T-Mac, Shaq, Shaq Dwight Howard. It's cracked. The amount of talent they've had and let go away. I know, right? Wow. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Mm, Nick Anderson, don't forget about Nick. Yeah, who, who, the, the 95 finals broke his career. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. All right, well, let's, let's welcome in our good friend Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Center, who is definitely not poolside in Beverly Hills. I don't know why and he got a, I got and a and follow. There's no talent here to look at. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very handsome man. Come on now. How are you? <laughs> I, it, was, it's great. it was great to see you this morning, but it's even better to see you yesterday. 
As yeah, I, thanks. I went through the uh, the Bay Area Modern Medical Center uh, initial consultation for primary care, and you spent an hour and 20 minutes with me, which is far too long for anyone to spend with me personally. Um, so, but I, I, but that's what you do, right? That's what you do yeah. with your patients. So, um, and I thought it was fantastic. It was very thorough. And it wasn't just about you know what's wrong with me. It's what how how everything can become better. So I thought Correct. it'd be a good time to kind of talk about your philosophy, how you approach things vis-a-vis traditional Western medicine, and well, probably about ninety percent of the people watching this do their primary care. I, I think a great point to begin with is uh, the number one killer in America. The number one killer in the world is cardiovascular disease. Yeah. It's also ninety percent preventable. Yeah. So that's a big thing. So Western medicine, hey, you've got this. I want to give you that for it. They want to wait till after something's happened in order to start treating it versus, hey, I get Nick Geddes in here. Let's go ahead and start treating it now so Nick doesn't have that event when he's 65, 67, 80 years old. Let's prevent it from happening. Yeah, preventative so medicine. Weeks. Yeah. And that starts with what? Diet? More than That's anything. Like diet and exercise. That's the big thing that everyone forgets about. And yeah, you've got to put time in the gym. Yeah, you've got to you've got to do the hard work, as Tom Brady, all the goats would tell you. You got to put hard work in in order to to achieve those benefits. This is nothing different. The issue is where Western medicine manipulated in the sense that everybody wants that quick pill right. to take instead of having to do the hard work, right? Because triglycerides are 75% diet preventable, staying away from processed carbohydrates, 25% in the gym. And then ApoB, apolipoprotein B, which is actually the couple we're looking at today, not total cholesterol, that's antiquated. That's 75% getting in the gym and doing the workouts, 25% diet. So you got to have that yin and yang. You've got to put the time and effort in and and when you talk about the, the diet, you gave me the uh, the big seven, right? What are what big are the big seven, seven to, to stay away from? Yeah, so rice, pasta, breads, okay, cereals of any sort, including oatmeal. It's not your friend. Don't let Quaker try to sell you on oatmeal. That was a terrible study from Africa. That was beside the point. Uh, potatoes, right? We're a steak and potatoes country. No, no potatoes. Um, sugar, sugary drinks, alcohol, and chips. Look, I, I joke around, I tell patients all the time, look, I, I drill up in Stark, Florida. There's nothing in Stark, Florida, but we have Laredo's Mexican restaurant. So once a month when we're up there, the guys in the unit, we will go to Laredo's and we will kill some chips and salsa. <laughs> it's once a month we're doing it, though. It's not like we're eating it week in, week out, eating chips and salsa, right? So it's just, hey, it's, those are treats that we should be getting a couple times a month, not something we're doing several times a week. Nick, sorry, Nick. I feel like I've been set up for failure now. I mean, listen, oh, I was set up for failure by my. I was set up for failure by my family this week, Chris, because you just listed all those foods right there, and I think I had all those all those foods in about one or two days this week. Because <laughs> Sunday was Father's Day, and they wanted to go to to Maggiano's there in Tampa, and so oh, I had I had pasta out the yin and bread out the yin, and then last night we went to Colombia as a family and. I had rice out the inn. You know, I had bread out the inn. I had ev- I had everything under the sun. So now I feel like I've been set up for failure from my own family there. 
I mean, what so am get I back to the wagon and get it straight again? So you're, you're allowed to, to get off the wagon, right? It's how quickly you get back on the wagon. That's what makes the difference. Well, you want to know what's, what's a good thing. It's not a good thing, but in this case it is. It stops me from making a bad decision is this morning my, my cards were declined. Both of my cards were declined at the gas station because they have fraud on them. So yes. now I don't even have a card that works. So my money is out. Fraud protection. So this is almost a sign like, hey, don't spend your money. Don't do yeah. these bad things. So it's a blessing in disguise at the moment. Yeah, I, I think the choices, dietary choices, Chris, are so much about convenience, right? And I think, 100%. and I think you know, having tools to avoid walking, you know, while you're getting gas, it's like uh, I could go in there and get a, a soda and a Baby Ruth. It ain't gonna kill me. That, that's me, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it's like you know what? If you but if you have some good protein bars in your you know, in your backpack, in a bottle of water, you save the money, number one, and number two, you're making a much better choice. So how much of this is just preparing yourself for the day and give us some tools to work with, some strategies so you don't make, you don't, you know, pull into the fast food place because you're so hungry at that particular moment. You maybe have, you could grab something in your backpack that's going to hold you over till you get home and you can make a healthy choice, right? You just hit the nail on the head right there. It's, it's having those good little treats nearby that's going to help you out so like in my back room i have on it protein bars right joe rogan's and marcus Aubrey's his company right so they make a really good product and they're small little protein bites when i get hungry i'll go grab a couple of those things right so when i got mixed nuts in the back i got some jerky like i got good things back there that i can snack on when i get hungry throughout the day or if i don't have break i don't get a break for lunch because i'm seeing patients back to back to back right so those are things that you want to have readily available instead of having a lays bag the beta potato chips in your drawer next to you and a coke machine down the hallway you want to be able to grab that water and just make smarter decisions like i said i'm never going to tell I've, I've told two patients in my practice both were diabetics um, but hey, look, you cannot have the big seven for the next three months, right? Otherwise, I tell all my clients, look, those are treats. These are something I want you eating week in and week out. Look, I'm Cuban Italian, for God's sake. I love black beans and rice. Uh, that's not something I'm eating all the time. And when I do eat rice, it's maybe a half a cup of rice. It's not a big portion of it. Those processed carbohydrates are cheap. They're easily made, and they've got great margins, and that's why we try to sell the hell out of them here in America. So you just got to stay away from them. All right, so you mentioned the Omnit bars. What, what, are there other stuff that's maybe more readily available at the grocery store that are good products so we don't have to do the, the, the research that you've already done? What, just give us a few of the, the good ones to buy. Yeah, mixed nuts. Grab some mixed nuts, some lightly salted mixed nuts. Don't let the salt scare you right we talked about salt and blood pressure stuff before yes salt if you by itself can raise your blood pressure but if you dilute it down with water it does not raise blood pressure so don't be afraid of salt just dilute it down with water um get some beef jerky just stay away from the stuff that's got a lot of sugar in it all right so look at the back of the label and say good buy better quality beef jerky okay so those things are, are readily available or grab some you know, some hummus. Grab something that's quick and easy instead of going oh, for a dip or for a hummus. Yeah. A, a healthier alternative, right? And there's some really good ones out there with kind of olives in it, with garlic in it, right? There's, I mean, there's one called bitchin, uh, bitchin hummus, something like that. It's, it's really good, actually. So there's there's and lots it, of great alternatives. And eat it with carrot sticks and celery instead of pita bread. You got it. Correct. Yeah. 
So there's I mean, people may be listening to this going, I'm not eating that, but I, I'm telling you, I, you know, I had a, a little moment with, uh, uh, with, with Ashley's kids the other day, they don't need anything, but they brought carrots and ranch dressing to the table and he, he like just loved it. And I was like yeah. shocked, but you, if you, yeah. you never know, kids might, might really dig some of this stuff. And, and I even forgot about, it. I used to eat carrot sticks and have carrot and celery all the time in my fridge instead of, you know, going to grab the, you know, the tortillas or the chips or something else to dip the hummus in. Cause then you're kind of screwing up the whole deal. Right. Right. Yeah. You got it. So there's healthy alternatives. You just got to look for them. And then once you find one you love, stick with it. I mean, it's, it's, then it becomes a no-brainer. Got any other questions about uh, your bad habits, Nick? <laughs> yeah, well, we stopped. But one thing we try to do is, you know, like Publix to me is like a cesspool for like the bad foods. And I, I get on the snack aisles and I can't resist sometimes. So we try to go to like a place like Sprouts or like a Whole Foods from time to time. But sometimes I feel like I get into the habit where I'm kind of blind shopping where you walk in and you like go, okay, everything in here is good. It's, I'm going to say it's probably not, and you still need to take the onus to make sure you check on everything, right, even when you're in those places that are perceived to have better stuff. You got it. So Sprouts, I was just actually at Sprouts last night, actually. Um, perceived to be healthier, correct? Yeah, because they got different alternatives compared to Publix. But I'll be honest with you, Publix is 100 yards from my house. Um, they got great alternatives. You just got to seek them out. That's yeah. all. That's the only difference. Um, they just get different brands at, at Sprouts. And, yeah, they probably got a little more organic brands at Sprouts compared to Publix. But Publix has, still has some good stuff. you just gotta, you got to look for it. That's the downfall about it. Yeah, i gotta, I got to get my eyes off of the Honey Nut Cheerios <laughs> and, the, and the Doritos every single you time. you got it. We're going to have the big name yeah. brands out of the General Mills, uh, the Kellogg's. They're going to have all those big brands out there, the PepsiCo brands that are going to entice you because you – Black Box told you to buy this chip because it was a really cool commercial because Dwayne Wade was in that commercial, whatever it be. All right, so you got to don't get caught up in the propaganda. That's all. Hey, and getting back to to my visit yesterday, um, you know, talk a little bit more about your philosophy about um, you know spending time with people and finding out exactly what they're doing because everything is personalized with what you do i mean mostly western medicine is one size fits all one pill fits all and that's not what you do right correct we, we talked about it before it's all and you we I, we talked about it and we talked about it yesterday the foundation for health right I, I didn't i still gave you my mantra on on the foundations of health sleep eating and working out so without that foundation you're not going to be able to build a great house. So you got to do those things. And everyone's different. And I try to tweak everything differently for every patient because the big seven, I got patients go, look, I don't even need six out of the big seven, but I do have the alcohol issue. So I'm like, hey, let's talk about the alcohol issue. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. uh, that might be a tough pill to swallow for some people thinking, hey, we need to cut back a little bit of alcohol, right? So, and you'll notice the older we get, we don't tolerate alcohol like we did when we were younger. That's for so sure. everyone's different, but it's all, I, I, would, I would like to say, hey, look, JP was you. That's the reason why I took an hour and 20 minutes with you. But it's really, I do that with all my patients, really and truly. I set aside an hour and 30 minutes for every patient to come and have that little buffer zone because sometimes we go down rabbit holes. And I think the objection for a lot of people is going to be, well, he doesn't take insurance and I, you know, I have insurance, why not use it? And it's like, how does, <laughs> you're going to pay for it eventually is what I'm saying. You're to going say. to pay for it eventually, yes, uh, because you're going to take the time off from work, time is money, yeah. all righty. 
you're going to pay a copay, and then you're going to get a bill mail in a couple of weeks later. Well, I only pay twenty bucks. Well, guess what? Then you got a bill for another one hundred twenty bucks because you haven't met a co your deductible or whatever be, and you have a high, you know, whatever be. You're going to be paying for it eventually, right? So why not come see me? Who's going to spend a little more time with you and find out? Hey, what are we doing differently that other people are that can get you healthier? Plain and simple. Yeah. But it's getting. The pendulum swinging. We're seeing the Advent Health buy up these practices. We're seeing Tampa General buy up these practices. We're seeing Florida Medical buy up. You're becoming a number, plain and simple. If you want to be a number, that's fine. But I think that more people are like, look, I want that personalized care. And it's not that expensive, really. It's $175 a visit when the grand scheme of things. But your time is worth more than $175 along with, you know, I got people who rush in here at lunchtime, see me and get out. Yeah. Right. I can get you in and out quicker than you want, depending on how what you want to talk about. But and then you don't have to take the day off from work, so you actually save money, actually, or made money that day because you were actually working. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. All right, Chris, great stuff. Go to bammc.com, Bay Area Modern Medical Center.com, and make the appointment right there online. On. Super easy to do. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll see. Hi, you guys. Have Thanks. a great one. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Um, all right, uh, interesting show, interesting week this week, and we'll put a bow on it today.